Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Styled Social, the podcast. I'm your host, Peyton, and you guys, this is the last episode before Christmas. Whether you celebrate Christmas or Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or you don't celebrate at all but are just enjoying the warmth and coziness of the season, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful next couple of weeks. And yeah, my Christmas plans, I am kind of lying low. I'm just enjoying time with my family. One of my brothers are going to be back from college, so I want to soak up as much family time as I can. And we have some exciting plans right after Christmas. We're going to go take a little mini vacay and it's going to be fun. And I'm excited just to spend time with my loved ones and have everything with work kind of slow down for a bit. So it'll be nice. (laughs) So New Year's is only two weeks away from this point. So I have been reflecting on this past year as I'm sure a lot of you guys have been as well. And let me tell you, you guys, it has been the craziest, most whirlwind of a year ever. Like, I don't think I've had so many extreme, extreme highs and extreme lows as I did this year. Like, it was super up and down, (laughs) but in the best way. And today I'm going to be talking about my highs and lows of the year 2022 and just some of the biggest lessons I've learned from them and some that I feel are just really helpful and you can apply to your life as well. So before we get into the bulk of today's episode, let's talk about our weekly segment. So my weekly intention is to slow down. Like I've said in the past couple of episodes, I have been busy, 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 and I'm sure you have been as well. The holiday season is all about slowing down and cozying up and just enjoying time with friends and family. But, you know, most of us work in some kind of sales in one way or another, whether you work in retail or whether you do something like me, I work in marketing. So Obviously, everybody wants to market their services or their products or their companies and, you know, heighten sales during the holiday season. So, you know, while we're supposed to be kind of slowing down and taking in the holiday season, a lot of us are just on overdrive. But now that the holidays really are here, I really want to slow down and hopefully they don't go by in the blink of an eye. I really just want to take it all in and enjoy time spent with my family, time spent alone. So yeah, my weekly intention is to slow down and enjoy Christmas and New Year's. And my weekly favorites this week are Hot Girl Energy. This is a podcast by Kaylee Stewart. I just discovered it as I was kind of perusing Apple Podcasts. I'm such a podcast girl and I love finding new podcasts and finding new people that I resonate with. So Hot Girl Energy by Kaylee Stewart is a wonderful, wonderful women's lifestyle and wellness pod, and I highly recommend checking her out. And then my second weekly favorite is the Supergoop Glow Screen. I used to use the Tula Probiotic Sunscreen or SPF. I can't remember the exact name of it. Hold on one second. Okay, this is the Tula Skincare Protect and Glow SPF with probiotics and superfoods. And I absolutely loved it, you guys, but I was just kind of feeling like branching out a little bit. So at the Sephora sale, I went ahead and picked up the Super Goop Glow Screen. 
and I haven't gotten around to using it until just recently because I was waiting for the Tula Protecting Glow to run out, but I love it, you guys. It has such a smooth finish. It doesn't leave a white cast. When you put it on your finger or on your face to apply, it actually is like this nude color, and I was worried about like wiping my hands off, like wiping the residue off on a white towel, but it comes off completely clear, completely clean, which is interesting, but it doesn't leave a white cast on your face and it just leaves like such a nice soft finish and it's a great base for makeup. So the super goop glow screen, 10 out of 10 recommend. I will link it below in the podcast description. So let's get on into our episode. I'm thinking that this one might be a long one today, but it is so, so worth the listen. And I'm really excited to get talking about these experiences and the lessons I've learned from them. So the first high of 2022, my boyfriend, Derek. (laughs) So Derek and I met at the end of December, 2021. Um, But I really didn't start dating him until the first of the year because of the holidays. I was not actively looking for a boyfriend at the time. I was super happy being single. And I really think that this is because I had so much going on. I was in college. I had so many friends in the area that I was living in at the time. And I was always doing things with them, whether it be going out for dinner on a weeknight or going out to the bars and clubs on a weekend. And I was just super, super happy being single. But Christmas time rolled around and as you guys know, it's cuffing season and I would have been completely happy on my own, but I went home for the holidays and I was like, you know what? Like it's cuddle season. It's cuffing season. Like I'm going to reach out to this guy (laughs) just because, because why not? And you know what? I'm not actively looking for a boyfriend. So if it doesn't work out, if he doesn't respond to me, then whatever. It's totally fine. But I slid into his DMs on Instagram. I don't know why. Um, But like the couple weeks leading up to when I slid into his DMs, I actually noticed like him popping up everywhere on Instagram. And I was like, why is this guy popping up everywhere? We'd been following each other for like a couple months before then, but he was like the first person on like those story bubbles at the top of your Instagram page. He was always there. He was always like the first one to look at my story. I would notice him out of everyone else when he would like like one of my pictures. And I was like, why am I like noticing this guy a lot more than I have before? So something something was going on there. So I was like, you know what? Maybe the universe is telling me like I need to slide into his DMs or something. I don't know. And so I did. (laughs) And then he responds with, oh my goodness, like I was just about to slide into your DMs. And I was like, oh, no way. And we just kind of hit it off from there. Um, So yeah, my first lesson is don't be afraid to be bold. Don't be afraid to slide into a guy's DMs because now Derek and I live together and I am the happiest I have ever been with him. And he is such a catch. He is a diamond in the rough, you guys. I just, I love him to pieces and I'm so glad I took the plunge and slid into his DMs. Like, it's so scary doing that as a girl. It's just, it's nerve wracking. You're like, what are they going to say? Like, are they going to think I'm weird? Like, are they going to have a girlfriend? (laughs) But you know, whether it doesn't work out or it does, at least you tried. And in this case, it ended up going really well for me. So yeah, yeah. Be bold. Take the risk. That's my very first lesson from this. 
Um, so flash forward to today, we share an apartment together and it's like having a sleepover with your best friend every single night. And I've learned so many lessons from meeting Derek, just being with him, moving in with him. And one of those lessons are to be patient and to wait for the right person. As cheesy as it sounds, my mom always told me this. I know that your friends always tell you this and it becomes kind of mundane and you're kind of just like, okay, whatever, like stop telling me that. But it is so true, you guys. Like I said, I wasn't actively searching for a partner when I met him, but I am so glad that I waited. I'm 24 years old, so obviously I've had flings with guys in the past, but I am so, so glad that I have learned to say no to what I feel in my heart just wasn't right for me and to hold off and to be happy being single until the right person came into my life because I'm just, I'm so grateful for the situation that I'm in now and I could not imagine a more perfect person for me. Second or third lesson (laughs) that I have learned from being with Derek is that relationships should be easy and they should be natural. I'm not saying that like the occasional spiff isn't normal. It absolutely is. Like no good normal relationship like doesn't have a hiccup every now and again or a bump in the road. That's fine. But you shouldn't constantly be wondering like, does this person still love me? Like, do they still like me? Are they cheating on me? Like, are they seeing other people? Like, are they losing interest in me? Because I've been in situations before where I constantly am just bombarded by these thoughts. And if that's what's going on, you have to come to terms to the fact that that is not the person for you. As hard as it might be, and you might be thinking like, Peyton, no, shut up. (laughs) But it's true. I've never, ever, ever had these thoughts or feelings with Derek. And it's so refreshing and it's so nice. And you absolutely deserve to be with somebody who makes you feel comfortable and who makes you feel secure and who does things and who acts away so that you don't feel insecure in your relationship, that you know that they're loyal to you and that they love you and that they're there for you and that you're their best friend. And another thing is that I can just totally let my guard down with him too. Like we're constantly laughing and I never feel a pressure to act a certain way. And this is just the first time I have ever in my life felt a romantic connection flow so naturally. And it's amazing. And I'm so glad at the end of the day that I was patient and strong enough to walk away from people that I didn't feel fit and negative energy in the past and just wait for that perfect person. So Derek, you guys, <laughs> we love him. Um, my first low of 2022. Now we're going to talk about the lows. My anxiety diagnosis. So at the end of 2021, I was involved in a very, very bad car accident with multiple cars. I was hit by a drunk driver. Let me repeat that because I don't want like false rumors going around. I was the one that was hit by a drunk driver. I would never in my life drive under the influence. Never. But it was a drunk driver who hit me and I was the first out of three cars that were hit in a very big, bad accident. And that brought on very sudden, severe anxiety for me. I was eventually diagnosed and I don't know how different psychiatrists diagnose different levels of anxiety. So I cannot speak for a psychiatrist. I'm not speaking for you and you should not diagnose yourself 
based off of what I'm telling you guys in this episode. You should always seek the help of a medical professional if you feel like you are going through um, any kind of mental health situation or crisis. But my psychiatrist diagnosed me with low functioning anxiety slash panic disorder. According to him, there are three levels of anxiety. There's high functioning, moderate functioning, and low functioning. And then there's, at the very bottom, panic disorder. Um, So he diagnosed me with low functioning anxiety and panic disorder. And I'll go more in depth on my anxiety journey in a separate episode because mental health and anxiety has become something over the past year that I am very, very passionate about and want to explore more and continue learning about and just share my experience with others because while I was going through anxiety, learning about others' experiences is something that helped me immensely. Um, So I began taking medication and going to therapy for the first time in my life in early 2022. And it was really, really hard, you guys, for what felt like a really long time. I was nauseous. And when I say like nauseous, I was nauseous, nauseous, like holding back vomit for 24-7 for the longest time. I lost all motivation, joy, independence, which caused my relationships with my friends to falter and my grades to drop. And going back to Derek, part of the reason I fell in love with him is because Not once did he ever show any signs of being annoyed with my panic attacks or frustrated with my situation. And even though he doesn't suffer from anxiety and he doesn't understand my situation, he does his absolute best to learn and to drop everything to be there for me no matter what. So I also had really bad GI issues as a result of my anxiety. Really, really, really bad irritable bowel syndrome, um, vomiting, nausea. I began having headaches, dizziness, and I had actually fainted a couple of times. Um, I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming and unable to breathe, and I had no idea why. And I'm a lot better now, thank goodness, but I'm still nowhere near where I'd like to be, but I'm really, really proud of myself for digging myself out of that hole for the most part. And at one point, it really felt like I couldn't dig myself out of that hole, but I did, And I'm so proud of myself for doing so, but I do recognize that it's a journey and I still have a lot of progress to make, but we're here, we're working through it. (laughs) So some lessons I've learned from my journey with anxiety is that caffeine can really affect your anxiety. I mentioned this in the last episode. I no longer drink coffee. I'm a tea girl. I found that tea is a great way for me to kind of get that buzz, that energy, But coffee, it just makes me feel so sick, so anxious, like I'm on the verge of throwing up, having a heart attack, seizing, dying. Like I've just learned that coffee is not for me as someone with anxiety. If you're someone who struggles with anxiety, coffee could be for you. I mean, everybody's situation's different, but I have learned that coffee can really affect anxiety and it is not for me. Another thing is this is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from my struggle with anxiety is that I learned to open my mind to mental health and to have a much more open mind when it comes to anything and everything surrounding mental health. So I didn't really know how big of an impact mental health could have on someone until I went through it myself. And that's unfortunate that that's what it took, but now I know speaking firsthand, just how serious mental health issues can be. 
I didn't know what I was dealing with was anxiety. I genuinely thought that I was sick. I thought that I had something wrong with me because of these real painful, debilitating physical symptoms. I had no idea that it was anxiety until I had all the tests in the world done. And my psychiatrist was like, you literally just have anxiety and it's manifesting itself as real, uncomfortable, unpleasant symptoms. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is serious. This is bad. Like, I had no idea that mental health could feel this way. And that's when I realized just, you know, how intense and debilitating it really is. And that's when I began taking it seriously because it can really, really affect you in the same way, if not more than a physical ailment. Um, But realizing this is what has allowed me to heal. And yeah, just opening, opening your mind to mental health. You know, if it's something that you haven't struggled with, understand that it's real because there are people in your life that I'm sure are going through it as well. And you never know, things could totally change at any moment and you could go through it as well. So just being open to the idea that mental health is very serious, just as serious as your physical health and, you know, continuing to learn about it and just be open, open to the conversation as it changes surrounding mental health. Another thing that I learned is that progress is not linear. I would get so upset when I'd finally have a really good day only for it to suddenly be turned upside down or for the next day to be horrible. And what I've learned is that doesn't mean you're backtracking or losing progress. My prior therapist told me that healing from a mental disorder is not a linear process process. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days, but that does not necessarily mean that you're not making progress. Bad days are all a part of the healing process. So I also learned that it's so, so important to confide in people and have a support circle. If I didn't have a support circle, I really don't know where I would be. This includes my parents, Derek, a couple of my close friends, my previous therapist, and my psychiatrist, actually. And like I mentioned in episode two, right now I'm actively searching for, or like I said, dating around for a new therapist. And this person is someone who I'm hoping can become one of my confidants and someone in my support circle as well. But this is something that helps me and could very well help you too, Like I said, everyone's situation is different. What helps me might not necessarily help you, but you know, a lot of things when it comes to anxiety are universal. And I do really believe that having a support circle is something that could help you, but letting someone in my circle know when I'm anxious, whether it be just over text or like letting them know, like if they're with me is such a relief for some reason, like literally just being like, Hey Derek, like I'm anxious right now or like texting my friends, like, I'm anxious right now. (laughs) The ones that really know my situation inside and out and who are there for me and who I can trust and confide in. Just letting someone know really, really helps. So I highly recommend, you know, if you haven't already, talking to someone, establishing that circle, maybe even like just one person, one or two people in your circle. But having somebody there to support you and talking about your situation is super, super helpful. So my second high of 2022, let's get into some positives here, was my first ever girls trip. I took a girls trip to Las Vegas with three of my closest friends and 
The highlights of the trip for me were definitely the performers that we saw, the artists. So we saw Jonas Blue. We saw Fisher, which was absolutely insane. I love, love, love Fisher. He is such a fun performer, you guys. He's just so much energy and he's so much fun. Like it's, it's a party when you go see Fisher in concert. (laughs) And we also saw Loud Luxury, which is so awesome because I'm obsessed with Madeline White and she's dating one of the guys from Loud Luxury. And like, I was low-key hoping that she'd be there because I want to be her friend so bad. (laughs) But anyways, at Loud Luxury, that was the final performance that we saw before heading home. And they poured a shot in my mouth twice. And it was just the highlight of my youth, you guys. I was like, this is it. Like, I don't need any more. This was it. Like, I'm good. I've lived. I can die happy. (laughs) So yeah, that was super, super fun. And I felt there's just something about going on a girl's trip with all of your friends, like a serious girl's trip that just makes you feel so independent. Like I've earned this. I've worked for this. I'm adulting. (laughs) So some of the lessons I learned from that are to prioritize girl time slash friend friend time slash friend trips. You'll make memories that'll last a lifetime. Plus you get, as you get older, it's harder for everyone to kind of find the time to do stuff like this. So really make the most of it if you all get some time off and are able to plan a trip. Just really make the most out of it. Do as much as you do as much as you can. See as much as you can. So yeah, my third high of 2022 is tons and tons of moving. Oh my goodness, you guys. So my parents moved after I'd grown up in like the same general area my whole life. And I also moved from San Diego into an apartment in a whole new city with my boyfriend because I graduated and I was really nervous to actually back it up. (laughs) So I went to school in San Diego, right? But I had my parents in in Orange County and it was really nice to kind of like have a stake in my hometown because when I would come home from school, I could see all of my old friends and it's just really comfortable because I know the area really well. I know what places I like to go to. I know what places I like to eat. I have my friends there, what places we like to go out, you know. So I was really nervous when I found out that my parents were moving to a whole new area just to be completely leaving behind my hometown for good, like no longer having that stake that is my parents' house there. I was like, oh my goodness, am I gonna like lose my friends? I'm not gonna have like any real reason to come back to Orange County, like I'm scared. (laughs) But it has been so much fun exploring my parents' new city and my new city. After I graduated from San Diego, I moved as well with Derek and I realized that all of this nervousness was absolutely for nothing. I love where my parents live now, honestly, more than my hometown, I think. And I can really see myself moving there too one day and raising a family there. So that's definitely in the running for potential places to move. But some lessons I've learned from these big moves that I have made this past year Moving, whether voluntary or involuntary, can be good or bad, but it all depends on your mindset. So if I approached all of these big moves with a negative mindset, I know it would have been less of a positive experience for me. And the way that I kind of romanticized the move, like took my free days, my days off to explore my new area, like go shopping, like explore some new restaurants, like make it a date with Derek and like go around and explore a new city that really helped make it more of a positive experience. And it ended up being like 
two of the most exciting things of my year. Also, leaving your hometown really shows you who your true friends are. I was super scared of no longer having a major tie to my hometown, which was my parents. And I was like, oh my God, what if I lose all of my friends? And yes, I did lose touch with a few, but it ended up being totally okay because the people that I remained close with, it didn't take a lot of work. And it really goes to show that when life gets crazy with moving and work and responsibilities, the people who stick around no matter what, and like I said, come na- comes naturally and just flows naturally. Those people are meant to stay in your life. And those who fizzle out are meant to fizzle out. And that's okay. Also, another lesson, being on your own is tough. <laughs> it really is. And don't do it unless you are absolutely ready or you absolutely have to. So I received, and I'm very, very fortunate and grateful for this and understand that this is a huge privilege, but I received a lot of help from my parents financially while I was in college, Um, which like I said, super, super grateful, but I am not anymore. I'm not in college anymore. I graduated. So I no longer receive any kind of financial support from them. So Derek and I make it work. No problem, but it's still tough. Remembering to pay all of your bills on time, keeping track of everything, the cost of rent and bills, especially where we live. It's not cheap here. (laughs) And, you know, as someone who works from home, not allowing myself to slack with work, it can be really easy for me to get lazy and to not keep up with work. So I know that if I made this move before I was ready, it would have been really, really, really tough. So I'm glad that I waited until I was ready, both mentally and financially. And another high is starting my business, Styled Social. So like I mentioned in the first episode, Styled Social kind of started by accident. I was doing freelance work and my dad, who also runs a freelance sort of model of business told me like, Hey, you need like a business model to funnel all this work through, or you're going to get in trouble with the IRS. Because like, I, I didn't have any plans on starting my own business. I mentioned this in the first episode, but I thought that I was going to go work with revolve after college. I was like dead set on that. And I had no idea like how to start a business, like how to go about starting a business legally. So Thus, Styled Social was born, and I pulled everything together really, really fast. I got Styled Social up and running and launched in a month, whereas normally it takes many, many months to prepare for a business launch. And that was stressful, but it ended up being one of the best things that's ever happened to me. So some of the lessons I've learned from Styled Social and starting my business is if an opportunity falls in your lap, even if it's not what you envision for yourself, like in my case, give it a chance because it could end up being the best thing that's ever happened to you like it was for me. So I can't imagine it any other way. I'm so happy with where I'm at right now in my business. I love what I do and I'm like, goodness, what if I went and I worked for Revolve? I mean, I'm not shutting the opportunity out completely. I know that life, you know, things change and work changes. But right now I'm so happy with what I'm doing. It's so much fun. I'm literally working my dream job. (laughs) And another thing I learned is that you get out of what your business, what you put into it. So this can be financial investments, um, time, energy, attitude. When I first started Styled Social, I was so nervous about all of the investments I had to make, financial investments. Like I had to buy this software, I had to buy this software, I had to commute here, I had to do this, I had to purchase blah, blah, blah. And it was really stressing me out. But a couple months down the road, I realized that all of those investments were totally, totally worth it. 
And especially as someone who does what I do, I'm not getting paid by the hour. I get paid by contracts putting time into my business. I'm like, I really hope the return on investment of time is high here. Like, I really hope I'm putting all this time into my business only to get something out of it, which I did. So you get out what you put in. Um, Also, something that I've learned is that social media, working in social media is not, I repeat, is not an overnight success slash get rich quick type of situation. I've been seeing so many people on like TikTok making these videos about like how I made 10K my first month as a UGC creator. UGC stands for user generated content. This is not true at all. Absolutely not true. Some might get lucky, but this is like 99% of the time, not the case. Social media, like any job takes work. It takes dedication. It takes many, many hours. It takes investments and it takes patience to grow and become successful just like any job, it's not a get rich quick scheme. Like I'm telling you, it takes dedication and it takes time and you really have to work for it if you want it. And my final lesson is as a young female entrepreneur, people are going to try and take advantage of you. They are. It's just facts. It's life. And this leads me to my next low, which was being taken advantage of for the first time by a social media management slash content creation client. Um, This happened rather recently. And, you know, this is something that happens to freelancers, sole proprietors, contractors like me. And I know that it'll happen again, but this is my first time and it really put me down. You know, like I've mentioned before, my dad kind of does what I do just in a different industry, but he's basically a freelancer as well. And he told me, he's like, this is going to happen. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is to be prepared. But this is going to happen when you do what we do. So, yeah, (laughs) I did hours of work for this client only for her to refuse to pay me. Um, My first lesson is that I should have seen the red flags. And if you do anything along the lines of what I do, independent contractor work, freelance work, always, always be on the lookout for red flags. So this client would never pay me on time. At the end of our contract would not pay me on time. Um, She was local. So I would often make purchases on her behalf for her and she would take weeks to pay me back. And I just kind of looked past this. I was like, okay, whatever. I was very, very underpaid by this client. Um, And now I totally recognize my worth and the value of what I do and what I can bring to the table. But at the time I was new and I was really just like, I want to take what I can get. And every cent means something to me. And, you know, I was like, I really want this experience. Her brand really aligned with like my passions and my interests. So I was like, I don't care if she's underpaying me. Like I want to, I want to do this. Um, But I should have looked at the fact that she underpaid me in the first place, that she did not see the value of my work and what I did. Um, She was always asking me to do things outside of my statement of work, totally disregarding the statement of work that I had sent her as if my contracts did not mean anything to her. And this all kind of showed me that she never took me seriously. And I should have left that contractor client relationship way sooner because you should never, ever, ever work with someone who does not take you seriously because you deserve to be taken seriously. And 
what I do, like this is this is my career, like this is my job. And for her to not take me seriously, like I I didn't deserve that. And I should have I should never have allowed myself to be treated that way. Um so yeah, all these red flags, I totally disregarded them. Um that brings us to our second lesson, which is to have a very strong contract as a freelancer, independent contractor, etc. I had a statement of work and an independent contractor agreement, but like I said, she still disregarded it, didn't pay me for the hours upon hours upon hours of work that I completed for her. And if you do something along the lines of what I do, you're an independent contractor, a freelancer, you need to protect yourself. I'm still in the early stages of my business. And like I said earlier, social media work is not a get rich quick kind of thing. I am working harder than ever and every cent I make is super, super important to me. Like what she was supposed to pay me was my rent for the month and that put me in a really, really tough position. So as a result, I am sitting down with a lawyer in the beginning of 2023 to draft up a stronger contract that protects me as an independent contractor as well as protects the content that I create for people. So I know that this is going to cost me, but like I said, you get out of your business what you put in. So even if I spend a little bit on creating a more secure contract, I know that it'll protect me from situations like this in the future. And I highly, highly recommend that you do it as well. Protect yourself with contracts. And then my final lesson is that you don't have to take on everyone. If you are an independent contractor or a freelancer, you do not have to take on everyone and do not feel obligated to. Like I said, I was new to my industry and I just wanted work and money and experience. And I loved the opportunity at first, even though she underpaid me. (laughs) Her business totally aligned with my interests and my passions. And at one point, I started to feel like this wasn't for me when she started to take advantage of me, like trying to not pay for things, asking more of me than what was stated in our contract. And I should have left earlier, but I didn't because I was afraid that I wouldn't find a new client. But when I stopped working with her, I found so many new clients and opportunities and was able to start this podcast, work on new projects, and I am doing a hundred times better than before. So my word of advice for you is to listen to bad or quote unquote off vibes and do not begin work or continue working with someone when you're getting negative vibes. I know it's scary to let go of a money-making opportunity, especially in the early stages of your business or if you're self-employed, but allowing yourself the space to find something new and better will pay off. I promise you that. So we got to wrap this episode up here shortly. We're at just about 35 minutes, but I don't want to leave this episode on a negative foot. So my final high for you guys of 2022 is this past month. I celebrated my 24th birthday, which was so nice. It was so intimate and small and cute. And I just hung out with my parents, my boyfriend, his parents, and it was a great time. We went wine tasting. (laughs) I decorated my apartment for Christmas. This is the first time I really decorated my place for Christmas. And it was such a fun experience. And I just love getting to see my Pinterest board come to life. (laughs) 
Derek's sister came home from college. She's one of my best friends and getting to spend time with her is awesome. Spending time with my family after graduating, graduating in itself. Like I haven't walked yet because I went to a small private university. So we don't have our commencement until next spring, but I took my last college course. So I'm technically graduated. Um, I went brunette and I got to see one of my best friends who happens to be my hairdresser which was super, super awesome. So what I learned this past month is that after every low comes a high and none of these lows lasted forever. And I know there will be low points in the future, but there will also be highs that make them absolutely, absolutely worth it in the long run. So thank you guys so, so much for tuning into today's episode. Just a reminder that we release a new episode every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, and we are available on most major podcast platforms. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I will chat with you soon. Bye.